Hello and welcome to another episode of TOTS. I'm your host, Ben Gardner. Today on the show, we have Brandon Hooper. He is a moving sketchbook, a performance artist, and a dance babbler. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, Ben. It's good to be here. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you on. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Um, a little bit about myself and what I do. Okay, so like you said, I'm a performing artist. I do, um, I create dance performances, uh, pieces. I perform in pieces created by other dancers and other choreographers. Um, but my biggest thing that I've started doing now is I've started incorporating my own music. I started also producing the music that I dance to. So Wow. I mean, that, yeah. that's pretty cool. I don't know many people that can say that they get to dance to the music that they make. And then that's like the whole performance. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, um, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a step out, I think, because I've never done anything like it, but um, just, I, I've got, you know, experience. I've won, um, I've won national level awards at like uh, AMTC I've, you know, gone out for uh, different shows. Um, I was a raw artist. Pro that was basically I produced my own performance, my own 10-minute show. Um, so, like, uh, even though I'm just now getting into producing, I'm, I'm really, like, feeling it out. I like picking sounds and, you know, being able to craft my own song, especially because I've fallen in love with, like, a very specific type of rhythm and beat recently with like new styles have started to um, explore so making the music has been it's been fun because I'm combining different styles and genres and stuff too so right I think for me the part that's interesting is that you know you look at most dancers or most recording artists and and that's what they do it's like this specific thing and I think something that has always fascinated me and, and many other you know people that watch this kind of stuff is the people that don't just do that. They get into other stuff. And, you know, you can look at some of the big uh, recording artists and say like, OK, well, you know, they started writing their own music and then performing it. But now they're producing. They're helping people with their tracks. They're writing for other people like that's kind of a branch out. But I feel like dance and music, while while very closely related, are two very different things. So how do you plan out what what different kind of music you're going to make and the dances that you're going to do to it? Is it easier or harder because you're doing both? Um, it, that's a very good question. Uh, a lot of times it can be easier if you have a, a good concept for the performance. There's... Um, a lot of times like you'll see uh, maybe like quotes from a movie or um, it, the be like the beginning of the song will have like a, especially for dance battles, it'll have like a movie trailer type of feel to it. Okay. Um, if you've ever seen, there was a performance I did a long time ago for a, uh, um, it was a performance with Comic-Con at, umbc and me and my friends all dressed up like superheroes the avengers movie had just come out that year i think nice. um 
so one of our things with that was finding music like we danced to uh, Black Widow and, you know, like we tried to find music that would go with the superhero thing. Um, right. But now I would be able to just record something from the trailer or a quote from Tony Stark or something and create this sort of movie trailer vibe before the beat kicks in, you know? So sure. it. It, it tends to, when there's a concept like that, it can make it so much easier. But when it's just like raw feeling, when I'm just, um, so a lot of times it's sort of the music comes from experience and the dance, like comes from like life experience and just raw emotion and stuff. And then the dance comes from that. And they sort of just make it work together. You know, it's not really right. I'm thinking about the dance while I make the music or other way around it just sometimes the expression happens naturally like that sure because i know yeah. for a lot of people who do dance you're you're feeling out the music and based on different ways that you feel about the music at different parts that's kind of how you're incorporating and telling that story through movement so when you've written that story and you've you know played that song for yourself because you're the one that created it and you're already feeling those things, I would imagine that naturally you start to kind of choreograph that in your head. Yeah, it, it can be that way. Um, like, especially if there's like one drop that I'm remixing over and over again or something. Of course, if I'm trying to get one sound just right, I'm probably also thinking about like, what would somebody do to this, you know? Um, yeah, right. like probably like my second song. I want to say, I, I've made I've made a few at this point. Um, I've only been doing it for a couple of months, but uh, when I was um, so freestyle dancers, uh, choreography dancers might do this, but that's a world that I'm less familiar with. Um, freestyle dancers do this thing called labbing, where we. Uh, get together and sort of work on ourselves together so the um the sort of things that you would practice by yourself you just kind of practice that with someone else then you sort of learn together as you're dancing um while well, I was laughing with a friend and I put on um I put on one song that was a little bit more like orthodox it was a, a little formulated I used things that I like had heard in other songs and um, kind of tried to play toward tropes in this genre. And people liked that song a lot. Um, and he was feeling it. And then I played one that was more of just like me. It was just like raw emotion. It was really out of the box. And he was, um, he did not like that song at all. He was <laughs> like, you killed it though. I mean, you you definitely hit everything, but that sounds weird. I wouldn't dance to it. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's, it's a, you know, give and take when you're thinking about, um, when you're thinking about others and how they would approach it, you tend to make a song that's more um, relatable. Like it would appeal to more people. Right. Cause it's um, something I've learned through doing this. Uh, this dance is a lot like a conversation. Even if you are battling, um, 
if you're in front of a big crowd, people want to see a conversation between the battlers. Like you can do certain moves that would work in a battle, but they wouldn't work on a stage because the conversation is different. On a stage, people want to like, it, it depends uh, what they want to see, but people want to see like something cool or they want to see something, uh, something raw, something that's like really pure. So right. with the battle, you can do a move that's kind of like mean or something. Um, and you can do it at somebody and everybody else will like feel that energy. But um, in a performance, you have to, you know, sort of dig deep and be vulnerable about something or have something planned out that, you know, is very clever, very, you know, um, groundbreaking. But if you're sure. either way, you still kind of have to do moves that people recognize. You still kind of have to hit beats in a way that your culture is familiar with. Um, so that translates through music too. Like the conversation has to be, it can't be too intimate um, because people won't be able to relate. They won't be able to see what you're doing. It'll just seem weird. Right. Um, and it can't be too orthodox either because then they're not, you, they feel like they're not getting anything from you. It's like, oh, I've seen all these moves before. Um, so you're riding that line really between what they've seen and they're going to be comfortable with and familiar with, but also trying to incorporate something that is an expression of yourself and that's way out there. But if it's too out there, they're not going to like it. Right. So, yeah, exactly. And I just, when you're making your song, that's a big part of it. I showed someone my music the other day um, and I kind of knew that he wasn't going to like it because when I mentioned um, flexing, which is a style that heavily influences my art. It's um, a dance style from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. When I mentioned it, he was like, I don't, I don't know what that is. So he'd never really heard the type of music that I was about to play. Um, but everybody, everybody that was there loved it because they were more familiar with it. So they were kind of hyping it up. And I know he was expecting something that like he would get. Right. And even though he didn't get it, he still, you know, he still respected it and thought that it was cool, saw what I was doing. But like I said, it's a conversation. It's like learning a language. Um, he, even if it is good, if you don't understand it, you know, that's that's the thing about art. You know how it is. Thing about right. You know, any sort of uh, production, uh, sort of thing. Like with what you're doing here, these conversations, trying to dig deep with somebody uh it only comes it comes across better with all this equipment and all this you know um like the little things you do with it like editing timing right. where you put questions that sort of thing it's all you know it's a, just a different kind of art sure and i think yeah. too you hit on something that's really important which is that not everyone's gonna get it you talk about dance like it's this language in this conversation. Not everyone speaks that same language. And I think for all forms of art, you know, people are going to interpret it the way that they 
are going to based on their own biases, based on their experience and based on what they like personally. So how do you handle criticism from, you know, performances or music that you make that people just aren't feeling and they're not speaking that language? Um, that, that's a great question, man. It, it's at, at some point, um, I guess I accepted that I was really doing it for myself, you know, like, uh, my kind of dance is very therapeutic to me. I sort of started doing it cause I wanted to fit in more. Right. Um, but the more I did it, the less I fit in, even though I fit in less, I felt like I was more accepted though. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. So how did you find dance? And like, how did you start doing dance? Um, yeah, so Christopher helped me make my first dance video. Chris, and, the, the technical producer of Tots. <laughs> yes. At, like my cousin, um, at one of his birthday parties, a Skrillex song came on. I was dancing with the Skrillex <laughs> a lot back then. So, um, I just did a little something and a lot of people that were there at the party, uh, really liked it so I took it I took it to heart I was like yeah I'm nice I felt I felt dope um Chris and Chris did too he was like you're awesome let's make a YouTube channel for you man because I can set that up and he did and um later on I started like posting my YouTube videos myself and trying to handle this channel like myself and he did a way better job I should have just let him keep it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like chris and our mutual cousin jeff um there they helped me like find that i wanted to do this uh they sent me videos a lot and like i don't know they just hyped me up when i would dance for them and stuff um that is a big part of how i found dance i was just right. in a super deep depression I didn't have a lot of friends, um, like not a lot of close friends, I guess, in high school. So um, I spent a lot of time just jamming out. I just, you know, headphones and right. uh, I lived in a, you know, a pretty small town. I just walk all the time and uh, I would walk and I would start like, dancing with my hands i started seeing people online tut a lot of people in california tut a lot of people in atlanta tutted and what is tutting tutting is a dance style that you mainly do with your hands because it's all about the angles it's this idea that we live in this um kind of a grid and you're like you're showing me the grid with you know your movements Right. It's not, it doesn't all have to be your hands touching, but it's all about the lines that, you know, are like between things. So, uh, robotic movements, hinges, you're, you're tracing the lines that you create. Right. Those are the kinds of things that you do in cutting. Right. So, it's a perfect dance style for someone who walks all the time. Sure. <laughs> or, uh, um, Unfortunately, it's something I did in class a lot too. Uh, 
but um yeah i you know fall asleep in class like this or like this and then my my hands get really propped up and (laughs) cut it out (laughs) yeah so yeah tutting uh was one of my earlier things i would practice when dancing to dubstep was a big thing um a lot of people just called it dubstep dancing naturally you know that's the music you're dancing to but um uh, actually dubstep dancing was just a bunch of people jumping on the internet doing their dance style that they do to dubstep really yeah and then uh me and all my friends and all the people my age getting really confused (laughs) (laughs) and and we're all like stealing crumping moves and popping moves (laughs) and we're like i'm a dubstep dancer like just doing random shit just doing whatever yeah right (laughs) I was like, I saw, I saw somebody do this to Flux Pavilion, so it's a dubstep dance now, you know. Flux and, Pavilion, though, and and you mentioned Skrillex. You know, I think for a lot of people, at least for me, that's when I started to see dances like, like something that's. It's not just like you know they're doing it at like, you know, the ballrooms, and it's not like this like slow yeah. dance, whatever. It was like, oh, wait a minute, dancing can be kind of, it can be kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, I can I can nerd out for a second here. Yeah, um, do it. The pumped up kicks dance video. Yes. That many, many people saw. Um that guy, his name is Nonstop or Marquis Scott is his real name. I've heard and, of Marquise, yep. Yeah, you know, he's out of Atlanta. He's got um that dance crew Dragon House. Uh and that was a big inspiration for me because like you said that put me on i was like oh you can just dance you can just go outside (laughs) and do that i didn't realize that that was a thing i thought i needed a studio i thought i needed a teacher but this guy he's just doing it outside and so that's i started doing that and me and my friends started shooting videos and posting them on facebook and getting like 100 views and hyping ourselves up you know that's like oh we made it (laughs) right right but like for kids who are doing something that they thought people would probably think is lame that feels nice to have 100 people in your neighborhood talking about it and be like oh i saw the they're on youtube now (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome Uh, yeah we also talked about um the hand dancing which i've already forgotten the name of thudding Tutting. Okay. Right. And you talk about this idea that we're living in a grid and, and kind of everything's connected and angles and lines. Was that making you feel more kind of connected to this world that, that you kind of felt rejected from originally? Did that help you to kind of find your place? That's pretty deep, man. I think um, it's, it's kind of deep. (laughs) Yeah. In a, in like a, in a way, I think, yeah, I think you're getting this like something deep down that's very true. I think um, this and this is something I feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being uh, like preachy, you know, like oh, dance saved my life. It just saved everybody's life. But like, I am I am awkward and lanky, but I know my body so well because of dancing. Like right if you're trying to do a move where you have to move this part and keep this part still 
or just like move one part of your body and let everything else stay in place. Like right. you, you're establishing a mind muscle connection. So you're, you're learning about yourself. Uh, when you think about it, your body isn't really who you are because body parts can fall off. You can, you know, like they say you are what you eat because, you know, your skin cells come off and your organs like recreate themselves and everything. And it's because of what you're eating. Right. So it's like, you need to check in with yourself too. You need to, you need to know your body at all times because it's not the same body. You are inside of here piloting it. Uh, and a lot of people just kind of let their ship get, you know, it, it's not about like having the prettiest, shiniest, best parts of the ship. It's just about knowing what you got currently, you know? Right. When I, when I dance, what now I, I got to get a little deep about dance again. When Do you it. dance, like I said, it's a conversation. People love the impressive moves, like, uh, fall all the way down on your back and then pop back up or do a backflip or whatever that's awesome but the expression is first so you should know your body because you should be able to know all of the things that you're currently capable of so you can use all of them to touch the music it's not about using the greatest things it's about having the biggest arsenal and being in tune with it like i like that I've seen I, I so many saying. times the best dancer just be the guy that went out there and like uh, wiggled, caught a beat, smiled, winked, and he did like one dance move. He did like one running man or the woe or whatever. But the rest of the time he was just feeling himself. He was just enjoying and showing yeah. you like little ways you can move your body that you haven't thought of before. I like uh, that, man. I think yeah. too, like something that you said that, that resonates with me is like, you don't have to have the nicest ship. It doesn't have to be the prettiest, but right. understanding, you know, what's there and, and how to move it, I think right. is, is really interesting. I mean, like Cardi B has supercars, right? And I saw the other day, like, apparently she like doesn't know how to drive or like barely knows how to drive, mm -hmm. right? But she's got some of the fastest cars ever made. Mm -hmm. you, but you could probably beat her in a race in like a little shit box if you know if how you to know drive that doing. shit box, right? Right. <laughs> if you're nice with it, then you go smoke her. It doesn't right. matter that she spent all that money. And like, that's another thing to consider. Um, why Why does Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion and all, well, maybe not. Why, why, why are all these uh, performers, right? And, you know, no hate, no body shaming or anything. Yeah. Yep. But they spent they spend a lot of money on their body parts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they spend a lot of money <laughs> looking great. Yep. Uh, but they still need backup dancers. They still need to pay people who dance better than them. Right. Like they're you're moving your body and your body is so bad and everything, but like you're in the you're in the dance part of the music video for like five seconds. Right. You because know? you know, that that's not their it, specialty. They've picked right. this one thing that they can get out well. Or, again, no hate, but like you know, some some yeah. songs are better than others. Um, yeah. But you yeah. pick this thing that that you can do well, or that people really like that you do. But My. there's other pieces that can connect to that. But you're like, no, I'm I'm just gonna do this thing, which again is why I find someone like you really 
interesting because you're like, yeah, I do this thing and I'm, I'm really in tune with this thing. And also there's this other, there's this other thing kind of like related and I'm going to, I'm going to bring that in. I'm going to do that really well too. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I think, um, my personal journey is like, I I've just always had problems working on other people's time. I'm very, very bad at it. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm a little slow, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm like, not, not to say that I don't, you know, get the point or have good ideas. It just will take me a second. Like I might, I might try a little bit harder than you or consider things that just don't need to be considered. Like right. think too hard or something. I might um, be way off basis like, I don't know, but I will, I, I, I get through maybe extra steps of imagination or whatever to get to hopefully a better solution, um, right. slow and steady wins the race kind of thing. And that's not always necessarily like the most efficient or the best thing, but I just know that the way I live naturally, who I am inside isn't wrong. It's just not what America is on currently. Okay. You know, I, I, I like... can see that. I, I think I have seen that in a lot of people. And I think right. you, you mentioned something really important, which is that it might not be like the fastest thing, but mm-hmm. taking that time might give you a better option. So like my roommate in college, love him to death, Daniel, he's kind of like that where he will think through a problem and it depends on what the problem is. But like we, when we would live together, we would have all, you know, when you live together, problems arise with different things. And we would have issues and to see how we would solve it differently was always really, really cool for me because I like to like think about it. And for me, I'm a very fast paced guy. If there's a problem, I want to solve it as fast as possible. I don't care, you know, what the cost is. I just want to get it done and like get in there and I'm very aggressive about it. My roommate was much slower about it, but his reasoning was always there. He would take a little bit of extra time. But his solutions, you know, it, it was probably like 60, 40. He, his solutions were going to be better because not every single thing in life requires it to be super fast and immediate. A lot of things and a lot of the good things, they take time. And, and you're just not going to get there being really aggressive and just trying to solve something right off the bat. Taking that time to drill down on something and really think it through or sleep you know, over that question and wake up the next morning with, with an answer, I think is really important. And like you said, you know, for better or for worse right now in America, we value speed above a lot of things. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. got 5g rollouts going on right now with the phones and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's made us a successful country, but I Mm -hmm. also think that there are people like you who might feel left behind because, okay, well, if we're, if we're doing it this fast, couldn't we have better solutions if, if we slowed stuff down and actually like processed it? There's certain things, man. There's certain things that like people, uh, you know, so, somebody's got to, um, how do I put it? I, I, I guess like, you know, America is still kind of a young country. Like we're doing great, but um, there's a million ways to live life. It right. was live for a really long time before America got 
here and a really long time before us, these specific Americans got here. So, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with um, trying to find your way, I think. Uh, And I, one of the wonderful things about this country, even though it's not um, the focus of it currently, it was at one point and that still, you know, resonates today but i think it's great that <clears throat> even though everybody's moving one way you are allowed to move your other way yeah. you know um, it's going to be harder for you because that's how society works that's just that's just nature but you uh like why are there so many fast food joints like <laughs> There could just they could we could just turn all of the Burger Kings and Wendy's into McDonald's and we wouldn't have to look for three different signs. We would just have the one sign and be like, okay, food is there, and life would be so much simpler. But I don't like McDonald's, dude. You know what I'm saying? And right. I'm not the only one. And even though McDonald's is the most successful, we need our less successful options that sometimes people just want to eat because it's different. Yeah. And um and different takes time to get invited in but if you're consistent about it and you like you're still human there's still some part where uh and i'm not gonna say that this is a hundred percent of the time true because i've seen so many horrible miscommunications for no reason and stuff but if your if your point comes from a human place like eventually another human can see it under the right circumstances right so um like let's one one day there's gonna be like a place where you can order your you can order your food next for next week or something and they'll start making it today you know you never know right (laughs) i get what you're saying though because people are people are starting to value like yeah, they're starting to value different approaches, especially right now, man. Like, 2020 is about um, how else can you do that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't do it the way you used to. Too bad. Sorry. Like, figure out a new way to live your life. Uh, yeah. And there's so, a lot of examples of that popping up, too. Like, one, right. I mean, it's kind of a weird example, but I have a lot of friends who use this company, and I, I cannot remember the name of it, but they will actually sell you produce uh for a hell of a lot cheaper than you would normally get your produce that has what they would call like an aesthetic defect which means Mm -hmm. it has something that looks weird on it or that that you would never see in a grocery store like a tomato with like a little extra bulge on the side if there's (laughs) nothing wrong with the tomato you can eat the bulge you can eat the normal part of the tomato it's not infected everything's clean healthy whatever but because it looks weird it's not going to sell in a supermarket and they're going to end up throwing it out. So this company came in and they're like, we're going to be a little different. And this is a lot of food waste. We're just throwing this stuff out. So they started to box it up and sell it to people and they're doing really well. And I know a lot of people who use that kind of a subscription box, kind of like what you're talking about. Like, you know, you kind of plan things out and then they'll send you different things. And it's, it's doing things much differently than you would have ever thought even like five years ago, like someone would say like that would never work and they're doing really well. It's still efficient. It's still just like um, when you think about it, McDonald's um, 
and Walmart, they, they already had all that sort of stuff. They had already planned to the T what your town would like before they put it in the Walmart that's in your town. You know what I mean? Right. So now they're just letting you pick. And that's just like, okay, you tell me what you want, man. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's going to catch on. It's efficient. It's not as fast, but if you just plan ahead, it's, you know, it's efficient. You're figuring it out. And right. I am not good at planning. <laughs> But that's, you know, I've got my whole life to figure out the most efficient way to be me, but I don't want to figure out the most efficient way to be period. I just want to know how to be me the best way because, um, yeah, I can, you know what? I got straight, I got like straight A's one quarter in school. Besides that, no, I didn't. I was horrible grades all the time because I just didn't want to put in all the effort school was asking me for, for like, I just didn't see the point. Like, why do I have to read the book right now? It was, it was that kind of thing. It, I know it's petty. It's a petty way of looking at it, I mean, but you know, it, it was just, yeah. I mean, it definitely goes deeper than that. Um, because school in itself is just a flawed system. Um, have you seen the social dilemma? I have not. People keep suggesting it to me. I have not seen it yet. Yeah, it's this thing about how like um, you know social media is addictive and all that. But I, I thought this one line that this guy said was um, really really clever. He said, "It's not a tool. If it was a tool, then it would wait there patiently for you to need it and use it." Um, it's it keeps asking you for your attention it it does things to manipulate you and move to where you think you need it when you don't so it's not really you know and right isn't school that school is like come in this many days out of the year because you have to it has nothing to do with what you've learned what your goals are intellectually it's got nothing to do with how far you need to go to become what you want to become it's just about filling a quota like we need all the kids in america to be in a building these like this many days for this much time very and the interesting te- the teachers are in there like how do i fill this time not how do i get enough time to make these kids understand this stuff it's like what like how do i just make the school day the school day so then I can grade them and it it becomes not about learning it becomes about papers and numbers and did you get an you know what I mean like your parent will be okay with you getting an A if you forget all of French like you can take three years of French and forget how to say like where's the bathroom on year four (laughs) and your parents will be okay with that as long as you got got that what is the point (laughs) I, I do agree with you. I think I was very similar uh, to you in terms of how I felt about school. And when it came to college, I told my parents, I'm like, I'm not going. They're like, of course you're going. Like I, I, you know, you don't have a choice. You're going. So I think what it became for me is about the connections and the people that I was meeting. But I don't think that those two things are mutually exclusive. I think you can get certain benefits like connections, like friends out of school that are really good just on their own, that have nothing to do with school other than this is the place where I met these people, had nothing to do with the environment, nothing. But then I also think school, like you're saying, 
there are some ridiculous things about it. And I think for me as well, college right now, it's, it's kind of a hot button topic. It was a hot button topic in 2016. It's a hot button topic now in terms of, is this thing that I am paying so much for that I could literally buy a decent house in almost any state for, is this a good investment of my time? And I think it it boils down to what you're doing. It really does. And what you're going to get out of that experience. So me, you know, I, I paid and and my parents paid and, and, you know, whatever else went into me going to college of scholarships and all this stuff. I think that went towards my connections and that's the value I got out of it. I think I probably learned like 10 good things at school that I'll probably carry with me forever. And those things are valuable. I just don't know if they're worth a mid-sized house in any state. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah, I do. I do. I think they could be though. Um, I mean, I was lucky in like diving into the dance world. I was like, um, because I wanted to be a digital artist and by wanted to be, I mean, I drew all the time in school. So it just made sense. Everybody's like, you always make comics and these little graphics and do it for your job. Right. Right. Um, (laughs) So I started to learn that um, in college, that was just something I was, uh, I was majoring in it. Um, And then I decided I wanted to to do this dance thing. So I kind of threw out digital art and college at the same time. And that was, I I think it was the wrong move. I think um, if you know what you're going to do and you can find the right school for it and you can go there, you, you're making the right moves. Right. But um, I didn't look into dance school like that at all. Uh, my best friend was going to Goucher. It was because it's, close mm-hmm. and he um he he had connections at that school though so i don't i don't knock him for doing it he went and he like met a lot of people that have helped him um like make a path for himself right now he is doing what i'm trying to do he just like makes his art he just paints uh produces music it's unorthodox it's not like you don't look at it and say, oh, that's a really cool painting of a lamp. You don't listen to it and go, that's a really cool hip hop song. You like you experience his art and you're like, this is I like I like this. You don't have a label for it. And because he went to school for art, he is around. He knows he right. knows a lot of open minded people that like to spend money on art. So he's, right. he's doing fine, you know, Um why is that your goal? Why why is your goal to kind of break some of these traditional or orthodox kind of barriers that you have in your way? I think I'm just too intense. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> waking up. I, I feel like I can accomplish so much, man. Like I feel like not sleeping for a couple of days to get a project done isn't that crazy sounding i've done it a lot of times but could you imagine um working three days straight in a warehouse uh and you haven't slept and you're just making sure that um these numbers are right 
You're just making sure that you're not mixing up the numbers because if you mix up two numbers, you could throw off all of Amazon or Macy's or wherever <laughs> you're working. You could, you could like, and, and it's just, um, you, you know how it is. A job is just the simple part that the person who made up this entire thing, it's the simple part that they don't have the time to do anymore. So can you do it for me? And it's jobs are a great social construct and they helped build everything. Um, but jobs and careers are different. I think that jobs are about you helping society stay afloat right now. You helping per someone who's already built something, keep it built. Um, you're also learning a skill. You're also like meeting people and diving deeper in, and like uh, not dive, like melding into society better and stuff. That's what a job is for. A career is for like, you are unique you are um, a 100%, you know, like something about you is different than everybody else. Nobody's like you. So why are your ideas going to stay inside of a box? Like the world can be better. We can make things change. If you want little changes, I feel like those little changes should be possible. Small business shouldn't be dying at all. So, like I hate that everybody is leaning into um like wor like working for someone not nobody's worried about at least in my circles like the things that right. i see a lot of people consider um like who you can join but you know everything everything that you want to join it was someone else deciding not to join something that's why it exists so you should if you're going to join something it should be because you want to learn how to be you that is a beautiful and very profound way to describe that and i think right. i i can't find anything that i don't agree with that and i'm i'm a very big capitalist i'm i'm big on business i love business but i think the entrepreneur in me is also like that's i mean that's that's the shit right there that's yeah. the beautiful but part i think too about this country yeah as an entrepreneur that's that's what it's all about i agree and i think it's interesting the way that you described it because I think it is true. A lot of people don't think about becoming themselves through a job or creating something that's that's going to help them be them. I think a lot of people think about joining something that somebody's already built. And and thank God that people are like that in some respects because you know what I do wouldn't be possible without that and and what a lot of you know institutions that we have wouldn't be possible without that but also understanding that everything that's ever been created was somebody choosing something different i think is a really important concept and so if you have somebody out there that that really believes in what they want to do and they want to take a chance on it i think that's important right yeah uh um I can tie and I can tie all of that to dance and dance history and uh, why people, certain people move the way they move and stuff. I can tie all that to that dance. Yo, hip hop is like capitalism as a dance style. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's You're crazy. talking about your money. You're talking about your cars, things like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's yeah, all in there. lyrics, lyrics, it just spells it out for you. But when you think about it, um, 
every famous hip hop move, every move that uh, your little brother and little sister are practicing on TikTok and everything is a remix of something someone else did somewhere at some point. Yep. Um, at all of it, all hip hop is is like uh, it. It's it's an ever evolving square dance. It's it's a never ending line dance. It's just like we're always going to add another move to it. Um, and people who know the moves are the people who are ahead of the game. And like, if you're making up your own move, you have to sell it in order for it to, like, it's going to be a part of hip hop anyway, but in order for it to like matter, it's got to be the one that most of the people are on board with. It's like, those are your employees or the people who are doing your move and your company grows. The more people that do it with you, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. I think that makes sense. So you talked about jobs a little bit. What are you doing besides music and dancing or, or is that paying the bills? Definitely not. Um, (laughs) Not yet anyway, but you know, I've been learning some pretty cool things. Uh, some ways to market it and everything but the right now uh okay so when i was i was it might have sounded like i was knocking corporation earlier but one of the things that i love that people are doing now is they're um somewhat flipping it a lot of like gig type jobs are being more and more readily available things like uber and lyft um so I've been doing DoorDash a lot is what I've yeah. been on. But I love that um, people really aren't their own bosses when they're doing it technically, but it helps you build a I'm my own boss mentality. You don't feel like right. you have to, um, you don't feel like some sort of loyalty necessarily. Yeah. Uh, because you're not I mean, your own boss when you do that you're you're not because you still right. got to pay the big man but exactly that you know we just talked earlier about things that you're learning even if you're doing a job that's not necessarily what you want to be doing you're picking up on certain things and i think right. if companies like doordash uber lyft are giving people this mentality that they can do stuff on their own even when they're really not i mean right. that's that's awesome and so the reason i asked what you're it's doing is because Going out and and choosing to do something that you love can mean taking that risk. And entrepreneurship is all about risk and failure. And so where you are now is not where you want to be. That's right. that's not probably what you had imagined for yourself. Everyone, like me right now, right? I'm doing a podcast. I would love to be the most popular podcast in America. I'd love to have millions of listeners. I'd love to have all this stuff going right for me. But it's not because it's a risk and you have to build it. I'm still learning every single time I do an interview. So for you right now, where do you want to be in like five years? And, and what do you want to accomplish in that time? Because you are taking that risk and, and that's an important step. Um, I think all I really want is... Um... see that's my my issue is i don't think about um when people ask me that i don't think about like 
the money enough. I don't think about how I uh, how I'm <laughs> making my like my living every day. But I just know that in five years, um, it doesn't have to be everybody. I don't want to be like super famous or anything. But this um, dance is a field, essentially. And when I first started dancing, there are certain names that I would hear all the time. You wouldn't necessarily know these names, but I know that because of things that they did, um, the, the dancers who you do know, the people who you have seen, they're, they're made because of the things that these other people have done. I wanna be one of those other people. I wanna, like when someone begins dancing, when they go to a dance session, like they'll hear about me. It, I'm not necessarily on TV every week, but I want people to know that I'm affecting this dance world because it's true. Things I do now, things I've already done, like they have a triple, they have a trickle effect. They have a trickle effect. Um, yeah. A lot of the dancers I know and hung out with and danced with they are the famous ones right now. And I didn't chase that fame like they chased it, but I chased the art like they chased it. And I wanted to be inspiring to them. And I wanted to like make somebody who was already doing something that I was doing too. I wanted to make them want to keep going. And I did. And now they're changing the game every day. They're like the kid, they're the ones that are inspiring the kids right now. And, you know, I just want that to be, I just want to build on that, man. I just want to build on that more and more. And hopefully one day I can be um, someone that gets flown out to workshops and, uh, you know, called into all these different dance studios to teach and things. Because I think those have been my favorite moments in my dance career so far. Just things like that. That's awesome, man. I think that's huge too. And I think while you're not really focused on the money and the fame, I think a lot of people that have been successful, especially in kind of these kind of categories, weren't necessarily doing it for that. And I think a lot of people that go after something that they really love, that they're passionate about, and they're like, if that stuff comes, like, great. But like, if not, like, it's it's not what I'm here for. Yeah. Those that I've seen are the most successful people because it's not about anything but the craft. So it might take you longer. It might be a more challenging road. There might be more setbacks and you might never get to that, that huge, you know, famous, whatever. And you're working with this person doing this and that, but leaving your mark and, and being an inspiration to other people that want to follow that path, I think is so important, important. because without people like that, that industry dies just like every other industry. If there's not people to look up to, then there's nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, if there's no one to look up to, there's nothing to do. That's really good. <laughs> that, that's really good. I, I feel like that's, uh, that's pretty powerful. Um, if there's no one yeah yeah it, the idea had to come from somewhere right um it's deep yeah man we're getting real I deep spoke. on tots today man <laughs> hey brandon man this was a fantastic conversation thank you so much for coming on the show 
hey, you're welcome and thank you, man. Like this, uh, yeah, this has been a great talk. I uh, I hope that we can actually do something like this again sometime, if at all possible. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely have you back. Great. All right, that'll do it. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. This is a dope thing, and I hope that you know. I hope that this becomes like the next hot ones, and you just have anybody <laughs> you want anytime. I appreciate you know? it, man. I appreciate yeah. it. We're you know we're working on it. I yeah. I have good I have high hopes for us. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I'll say this. This will be my parting word of wisdom. We will see how long it takes me to get there. But when I get there, I will give you a phone call. Great. And likewise, man, because, you know, you know what? Matter of fact, uh, just the idea of getting there one day, you know, every day having somewhere to go. I'm just happy about that. That's awesome, man. I agree. All right. Have a good night, dude. You too, man. Peace. All right, and that is going to do it for our episode this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed my conversation with Brandon. I think he could definitely be one of those people that he aspires to be one day. I think he's got it. Uh, You should definitely check him out on social media. I will link that in the show notes below. So check him out. He's a wonderful dancer. You got to see this guy dance. Uh, If you want to listen to some of our other episodes, you can go to our website at www.totspodcast.com. You can also find us at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Just look us up, Tots Podcasts. We will show up right there, I promise. If you want to look us up on social media and give us a follow, I would greatly appreciate that. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and even LinkedIn, at TotsCast. So definitely go give us a follow, look us up. If you'd like to support the channel monetarily, that would be fantastic. That allows me to do what I love to do, which is bring you guys really interesting interviews with really cool people every single week. So if you'd like to do that, you can check out our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com, search Tots Podcast. Thank you so much. We post every single Friday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I'll see you next week. (laughs) 